Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time. Thank you, Lord, that we can come and study your word together. Thank you, Lord, for seeing us safely through another week. Thank you for your Sabbath. Thank you for giving us this rest that we can put aside our burdens, Lord, and we can come and focus upon you, that we can deepen our relationship with you. And so, Lord, as we've come seeking for a blessing this evening, Lord, we cannot be blessed without your Holy Spirit who will grant us all blessings, spiritual blessings even. And so, Lord, this evening we're asking for wisdom as we open your word. Guide us, lead us, O Lord, is our earnest plea and prayer. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to start in verse 4. Hebrews 11 verse 4. Okay? Hebrews 11 verse 4 is the first character that we come across. And so that's why we're starting there. I know that there are a few verses earlier and uh, maybe we could go back and study just generally what faith is about. But as we go through the the character studies, we're going to study more into faith itself. Okay? But Hebrews 11 verse 4, the Bible says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. And so what do we see here? It is the faith of Abel, which is our lesson titled in such a way this evening, the faith of Abel. But it says here that he offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And not only that, because of this, he showed that he was righteous. Look, the reason that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice was because of faith. So before we dive into the story of Cain and Abel, let's turn our Bibles to one of my favorite texts that you hear me mention a lot, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. This is what the Bible says. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So Abel's willing sacrifice, the reason why he sacrificed a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, yes, it was because of faith, but faith comes by hearing what? The word of God. He was willing to listen to God's word above his feelings. Keep that in mind as we now turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 4. Let's turn our Bibles there. Genesis chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 1. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. The faith of Abel. Genesis 4, verse 1, the Bible says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So Cain was the older brother. He's the one that had, in a sense, the birthright. You know, um, in olden times, before the Levites became the priests, the priesthood, the spiritual blessings, the birthright, all fell on the eldest. And so Cain, he was the oldest. He was the inheritor of the birthright, in a sense. And so he was the oldest. And the Bible tells us what? What was his occupation? 
He was, the Bible says, a tiller of the ground. Abel was a keeper of sheep. So Cain was a farmer, Abel a shepherd. Okay, keep this in mind as we continue. Verse 3, And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the first of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. Verse 5, But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. So in the process of time, as they're older, both of them bring different sacrifices. One brings the fruit and the vegetables. The other one brings a sheep. Okay? And God has respect to Abel's offering. He's the one that brought what? The firstlings of the flock, the sheep. So look, why was it that God had respect unto Abel's offering and not Cain's? Let's turn the Bibles to Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11. Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11. Why is it that God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but he didn't accept Cain's one? He accepted Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain's offering. Let's go to Leviticus 17 verse 11. The Bible says this, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the souls. Because of sin, sin demanded the life of the sinner. Sin demanded life. And so in order for us to be atoned, to be cleansed from our sins, what it was required was blood. And fruits and vegetables do not have blood. Ah, you might argue they bleed, but no, they don't have blood, okay? When you eat a vegetable, you can eat it raw, but meat, no, you have to cook it, right? It does have blood. The fruit and the vegetables, it doesn't. So look, in order for sin to be paid for, life needed, well, bl blood was needed to be shed, life needed to be given, right? So Cain, he brought the wrong sacrifice. He brought the wrong offering. He was disobeying what God asked him to bring. And so as a result, God could not accept his offering. Now, it's obvious why Cain is angry. Because not only did God not accept his, he had visible evidence of God accepting his brothers, his younger brother, in fact. So, of course, there was jealousy coming up, right? Did, did Cain have a right to be angry, though? I mean, maybe he didn't know what sort of offering he had to bring. Or maybe they were just bringing the best of what they had and Cain just happened to be a farmer and Abel just happened to be a shepherd. So they were bringing their best, right? Why was it that God seemed to be so picky? Why was it that Cain still brought this? Did he know? Well, look, he must have known. I'm going to give you two reasons why. First, look, 
you're telling me that Adam and Eve didn't educate them properly then. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, right, the first sacrifice was made in the Garden of Eden by God. Did you know that? Adam and Eve knew they would have known that in order for sin to be cleansed away, they should have known that sacrifice needed to be made. How do you know this? Let's turn the Bibles to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21. At the beginning of Genesis 3, this is where Adam and Eve sinned. Now at the end, God, what does He do? Genesis 3, 21. And unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. What did Adam and Eve make at the very beginning? When they found out they were naked, they sewed themselves fig leaves, right? But God was the first one to make the sacrifice. He had to kill His own creation. He had to slay the first lamb because obviously they were not clothed with their own skins. God made coats of skin, obviously from an animal. So God was the first one that demonstrated, look, Adam, Eve, because you sinned, because you disobeyed me and ate the fruit I told you not to eat, he had to go and kill an animal and cover them with the skin of this animal. In essence, teaching us all about righteousness. Do you see that? So would Adam and Eve would Adam and Eve have known about sacrifice, the need to kill an animal when you sinned? Absolutely. So look, Adam and Eve, they would have been making those sacrifices since they left the Garden of Eden. Cain and Abel would have grown up seeing what their parents did. So Cain would have no excuse. But secondly, look, if Cain didn't know, then Abel probably would not have known either. Do you see that? So Abel was the younger brother, remember? Cain's the older brother. So if Cain did not know that he needed to bring an animal sacrifice and not fruit and vegetables, then most likely Abel would not have known as well. And would Cain have had a reason to be angry? Yes. But, you know, God would have just said, hey, you bring this, and Cain would have brought it, right? So it seems like he had no excuse because surely, friends, we don't do good by accident. Do you understand that? And we don't become wicked by accident. Like the Bible says this, to him that knoweth to do good, James chapter 4, 17, the definition of sin, to him that knoweth to do good and do it not, to him it is sin you got to know what is good. So God, before He had ex accepted Abel's and rejected Cain's, He would have come and talked to them both. Now children, look, I see what you brought there, Cain, but it's not the right offering. He would have explained the whole thing to him before He would have accepted either of them. They would have been educated. That's my point. You see, Cain, he had no reason to be angry. He, yes, he brought the best. He probably brought the first fruits, the one that became ripe first, the sweetest, the nicest, the juiciest fruits and vegetables that he would have given to God. 
but yet God says it's not good enough. And friends, before we continue, you know, there's a very, very important lesson that we got to learn from this situation here. Sometimes our best is not good enough. What do we mean by this? Look, God, He's not just saying, just give me your best and that's it. No, I have certain requirements. Let's take, for example, the Sabbath, friends. God doesn't want us to give Him the best of our time. He wants to give us. He wants us to give Him the seventh day, the whole 24-hour period. Do you understand that? So we might say, well, God, 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 look, Saturday is my busiest day. I'm going to give you a different day, okay? God says, no, 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 no. Seventh day, you got to keep it holy. Is God specific? Absolutely. He is. When He told Adam and Eve, don't eat of the tree, He was specific about the tree that He did not want Adam and Eve to eat from. He was specific. And so He's like, oh, okay, God, look, come on. This tree is no different from that tree. We don't know what they look like, but they could have reasoned it out, right? But yes, God says, don't eat this one. Is God a specific God? Absolutely He is. And so when we come here to Cain and Abel, was God specific about what sacrifice to bring? Absolutely. Bring of the firstlings of the flock. Bring a lamb. It has to have blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. And so friends, sometimes just sometimes. I'm not saying that you should never do your best. We should always do our best. But we got to make sure that our best lines up with God's requirements. Because God is specific. He is. And so, what happens next? Cain gets angry, right? But let's continue. Genesis chapter 4. Let's go back there. Genesis chapter 4 and now verse 6. Genesis 4 verse 6. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So God actually comes to reason with Cain. So look, if Cain was ignorant before, he has no excuses left. Do you see that? Maybe Cain didn't know before, but now God Himself is coming personally to talk to Cain. Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? And then He says what? If you do well, you'll be accepted. Cain, if you would just get a lamb and satisfy that one requirement that I'm making, I'll accept it. I'm not playing favorites. You know, he wasn't choosing Abel over Cain because Abel had certain qualities that, that he liked. No, Abel brought the firstling of the flock. And if Cain had brought the firstling of the flock, God would have accepted it. And so he says, look, if you do well, if you bring the, the animal that I'm asking for, I'll accept it. But then he says what? And if you don't do well, sin lies at the door. It's right there, Cain. you got to be careful. In these little specifics, God is particular, friends. What sacrifice to bring? 
That wasn't part of the Ten Commandments. Too often we define sin as just the breaking of the Ten Commandments, but it's not. I quoted to you from James chapter 4, verse 17. To him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, to him it's sin. Sin goes beyond just the breaking of the Ten Commandments, friends. It's the good that you know that we should do, and yet we don't do it. That's why in Romans 3.23, the Bible says everybody sinned. Why? Because every one of us, we've gone through situations in our life, no matter what religion you're from. Okay, you might even be atheist and you can still sin. Why? Because all of us have a certain moral code and all of us have gone against that certain moral code, whether it is really literally morally correct or not. You understand that? So maybe your morality and your ethics might be different to mine, but we all in ourselves have a sense of morality and the Bible is saying every single one of us have violated our conscience. Every single one of us have gone against what we know to believe is good and we've not done it. And so in this case, God says, look, you don't bring the right sacrifice. It's sin. It's sin. And he warns Cain. God has a face-to-face, heart-to-heart conversation with Cain. He is without excuse. And then he says this in verse 7, Genesis 4 verse 7 at the very end, and unto thee shall be his desire and thou shalt rule over him. What does that mean? Well, let's just simply go to another translation, okay? Let's read from the New International Version. It says this, it, sin, desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Of course, the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So sin was trying to gain mastery over him, but God says, it desires to rule over you, but you, no, it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. You know what God is doing? He's trying to encourage Cain. Cain, you can do this. Don't let sin conquer you. Can you imagine? God's trying to be the cheerleader for Cain. Of all people, we never see God come to Abel. Do you see Abel complaining? No. But he came to the worst of them. And he tried to reason with them. He tried to talk to him. He tried to encourage him. He was warning. And yet what happened? In the process of time, Cain would kill his brother. Genesis chapter 4 verse 8. So he was still angry with his brother. Even though God came to reason with him even though God came to talk with him, even though God tried to encourage him out from this situation that he himself had put himself in there. Look, it sounds like most of the stories about Cain, we really don't see that much about Abel. But by comparison, we can see where Abel stands. If we go back to Hebrews chapter 11, let's read that again. We read it at the very beginning. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. Look at what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. It says here, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was what? Righteous. God testifying of his gifts or God testifying of his his offering, his sacrifice, and by it 
he being dead, yet speaketh friends. Look, how was it that Abel obtained witness that he was righteous? Look, the answer is very simple. After studying the story, all we can see is that Abel, he simply followed God in the instruction that he gave him to do, which was what? Bring a lamb. Don't bring something without blood. He had to bring a lamb. Simple obedience, right? Simple instruction. But what was it that strengthened him? Friends, we, when we talk about righteousness, you've got to remember, sometimes we, we, we border on what? Righteousness by works. The reason why Abel was enabled, I'm sorry, it sounds funny. Abel was able to, oh man, Abel was enabled. He had the strength to do right. And God testifying that he was righteous was because of his faith. He totally believed God. If you totally believe somebody, you'll do what they say. Kids do. I can tell kids, my kids, anything. I, I don't, but I could. And I could deceive them and saying, oh, this is bad, this is bad. And they might never eat such foods. And, and, and you know, they've been vegetarian all their lives because we are. And we tell them that, you know, eating the blood and the fat is not good. And so they, they touch it. Oh, stay away from it. No. And they, they tell my um, my, my wife's parents, my in-laws, uh, they, they tell their grandparents, it's not good. And they're praying, oh, please, um, my, 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 parent, my grandparents help them to stop eating chicken and fish. And, you know, they're praying such prayer requests. It's easy to tell, tell kids these sorts of things. Why? Because they believe me. They believe my wife. They believe us as parents. Faith is the very thing that will enable us and, and give us the strength to do it. It's not that Abel had any hereditary advantage. All the advantages of life, really, was given to Cain. He was the oldest. I'm the youngest in the family, and I believe that my brother was the one that got the best genes, got the best health, got the best of everything, and my sister took what was left over. And I got nothing. I'm not, I'm not really meaning that, but you know what I mean. The, the strength usually goes to the first kid. And so, really, the person that had the advantages was Cain. He had all the advantages in life. Yet, he was not willing to exercise his faith. Friends, what does this word righteous mean? It just simply means right doing. He didn't have the strength in and of himself to do it. The strength was borrowed from God. Why? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It is faith that gives us the victory, 1 John 5, 4. In it is the power of God to salvation. So when you now go back to Hebrews 11, right? Do you know what was talked about in the previous verses? It was creation. By faith, God created the worlds. He's the one that created the worlds. And, and where was the, the power? It was in the Word of God itself. And so when God told them to bring a lamb, Abel's faith took hold of God's Word, and that was what gave him the strength to do it. Cain, 
He didn't want to listen. Why? Maybe because he was a tiller of the ground. Maybe he thought he knew better. And you know, sometimes, friends, we, we get to this point in our life and our experience, we, we think we know better, isn't it? Like, God, I'm giving you my best. Why is my best not good enough? And from the human perspective, you know, why would somebody not accept the best? Like, if, if my kid, they, they got 60%, 50% on their exam, but I know they tried their best, they studied their very hardest, you know, they, they didn't do a lot of activities just so that they could study, study, study. I would accept that, right? We would accept that. We would think, that's good. And sometimes it just sounds really bad that God did not accept Cain's best. He was a farmer. He gave the very best. But that's not what God's instruction was. And this evening, friends, as we look at the story of Cain and Abel, Cain, we learn from him that, friends, it's not about your thoughts, your feelings, your time. If God is our God, if He's the one that we worship, if He's the one that we put first, last, and best, then let's not reason with Him, especially the God that we know in the Bible, who created us, who knows what's best for us, and He gives us all these instructions to protect us. If we would keep the Ten Commandments, how the morality of society would be so different today, right? The Ten Commandments are not there as a barrier to stop us from enjoying life. He came that He might give us life and give it more abundantly. God wants to give you that good life today. We've got to trust Him. But too many times, we think in our limited experience of 50 years, of 60 years, of 70 years, we think we know better than God all of a sudden, isn't it? Oh, friends, you know, Cain was giving the blood, sweat, and tears of his own hands. But it wasn't good enough, friends. He needed, God needed, the sacrifice of an animal. You know, we got to learn to trust God in every particular of His Word. And I believe that to really dig down, many of us, we, we struggle with certain points of the Bible. Yes, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Some of us struggle with the Sabbath. Others struggle with a lying tongue. Others struggle with our diet. Things beyond the Ten Commandments, yes, they are just as important. But beyond the struggles, what I want you to see and to focus on today is the God behind it, who gave the instruction. The reason why many of we, we, we struggle with the Word of God is because we see the Word and we don't see the God that's behind it. We see the Word, but we don't realize that God loves us and what He's telling us there is for our very best. We see the Word and, and we despise it or it goes against our, our sinful natures and we forget that God loves us and that's why He gave it. We see the Word and we think, God is testing us to see how bad we really want heaven. And so we got to sacrifice. we got to suffer. we got to deny ourselves because that's what's needed to get into heaven. And, and that's how we look at it sometimes. We see the Word and we don't like it. And why? 
it's because we've fallen out of a relationship with God. And all we see is words that we need to do in order to get to heaven. And so the people that are actually able to do it because they have faith are called people that do righteousness by works. Do you understand that? The person that looks at the word in thinking that I have to do this in order to appease an angry God in order to get to heaven, they look at those that are actually living by faith thinking that they're righteousness by works instead. Does that make sense? you got to understand, friends, the only way that you can keep the Sabbath holy is by faith. Do you know that? The only way that you can stop lying is by faith. The only way that you can be faithful to your husband or your wife, the only way that you can honor your parents is by faith. Why? The Word of God told us to. And it is that Word that gives us the very power to be able to do it. So the fact that you are able to keep the Sabbath holy this evening, you're living by faith. But then, of course, you've got to do it every week. Then you've got to be faithful to your husband and wife every day. You've got to honor your parents every day. Faith is a moment-by-moment, hour-by-hour, day-by-day experience. And so, to the depth that we have this relationship with Jesus Christ, is to the depth that He will give us the strength to do it. The motivation, the power, everything. I want to share with a few uh, more texts with you. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. You know, no matter what we go through, we got to learn to hold on to God's Word. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, to all those that are listening out there this evening, to everybody that opens the Bible, to every living being, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man, however, how many? Every man, the measure of faith. Friends, every single one of us have been dealt a measure of faith, uh, an ability to trust God and to believe Him. Every one of us, what he's saying, he has given us the key to have victory. He's given us the key to know how to be righteous. He's programmed it in somehow. I don't know how, but the Bible says that every one of us are given a measure of faith by which we can lay hold on grace and be saved, by which we can lay hold on righteousness because God is faithful who will do it in us. Abel, he was able to grasp God's word. And the word that he had was very much different to ours. He didn't even have a written book. Oh God, I didn't get that. Let me go back and read it again. Read it again and make sure I understand it. No, he didn't have anything written. God had to come and tell him and he had to believe it just like that. His faith was probably in a sense deeper than ours. But his faith was able to grasp the word of God and accept it and believe it. Cain, on the other hand, not only did God tell him probably before this instance in Genesis 4, but he came again after it. And even then, Cain was so blinded by his jealousy for his brother 
that he let go of faith. It wasn't about God anymore. It was about the person that was standing in front of him. And to all intents and purposes, Abel was wrong. Cain was right. Friends, two altars, they probably looked the same. They were coming with the same intentions to worship the same God. They probably read the same Bible, raised up in the same household, taught the same good habits and good instruction from God. But yet, they were as wide, there was a wide gulf between these two boys. You know, friends, we might worship in the same church. You might go to the same church as me. I'm speaking personally to the two churches that I pastor in Dak and Sack. We might worship at the same church, but the gulf between us might be bigger than just the chair that sits between us. Do you understand that? It's not just about going to church. Cain and Abel, they worshiped at the same altar. But what? They, one was not willing to follow God all the way. Even though God told him very clearly, he was not willing to follow God every step of the way. And Abel was not being particular. He was not being pharisaical. He was not trying to implement righteousness by works. He was trying to show to God how much he trusted him because he loved him. And so when God told Abel, Abel, this is what I require, he went and did it. Why? Not because he was trying to work his way to heaven, but because he loved and trusted God. Mark chapter 9, verse 24. In closing, this needs to be our prayer this evening. Mark chapter 9 and verse 24. There was a man that brought this son to Jesus and, and Jesus saw right through him. This man did not believe until Jesus would heal his son. And Jesus said, uh, you, you have no faith there. And this man, he cried out. Mark chapter 9 and verse 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. You know, friends, tonight maybe our faith is weak. Maybe if you reflect on this past week, this past month, whatever it is, as you've looked back in this past few days, you realize that your faith is not where it should be. Maybe our transgression has been as fresh as this evening when the Sabbath came upon us and you've not kept the Sabbath holy. It's not a matter of, oh, you better keep the Sabbath. But it's a cry to God, God, help my unbelief. Help me, Lord. Strengthen what? my faith. Because when God can deal with our faith, He can deal with the rest of our actions. We don't need to worry about that. The first step is faith. It's not righteousness. It's faith. And where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing. So friends, this evening, if your heart has been touched, make sure you go back and on this evening, spend more time in the Word of God.
stop focusing on the actions, trying to make it all right, from your marriage to your schoolwork to, to your, your professional work to the physical things that you're seeing here. Stop focusing on those things. Focus on that which is not seen. It's found in the Word. It's God. And if we have faith in Him, He will guide us through the thick and thin. So the fruits show us where we stand. But then God says, you can do it. You can overcome sin. Even though it desires to have mastery over you, you can have victory today, friends. Let's find it in the Word of God, the Bible. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I want to thank you for giving us your Word. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this words of instruction. Thank you, Lord, for giving us words of encouragement. And help us, Lord, if we are unaccustomed to open the Bible, I just pray that you prick our hearts. Help us to see, Lord, that we've got to sweep aside all those excuses. No matter what the version, no matter whether we tell ourselves every time we read the Bible, we fall asleep, Lord. No matter what ex excuses that we've been giving for so many days, weeks, months, and years, Lord, this evening, help us to just come back to your word. Help us, Lord, to see that without faith, Everything that we do as a Christian is in vain. Lord, we can live a good ethical life, but Lord, that's not important. It's not good enough until we can live one that guides, that is guided by you. So Lord, please implant your Holy Spirit into our heart this evening to give us a desire for your word. And from this point onward, Lord, help us to spend more time in your word. Speak to us, guide us, Lead us, strengthen us, Lord, and help our unbelief. For we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our loving Savior. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.